I'm Rosie Maddio, and welcome to From Pot to Popular, a new podcast where we interview the media, marketers, and moguls who are mainstreaming cannabis. Welcome to today's episode of Pot to Popular. I'm your host, Rosie Maddio. Today, we're joined by Tracy Brady, Vice President of Corporate Communications for Curly, the largest cannabis company in the world. Tracy has a long track record working at some of the top advertising and communications agencies in the world and is bringing her expertise to Cureleaf as it rapidly grows across the country. Welcome, Tracy Brady. Hi, glad to be here. I'm so glad you're able to join us today. And for our listeners who might not be familiar with your work, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you made your way to Cureleaf? Sure. Um, I spent pretty much the first half of my career in entertainment uh, marketing. So worked for a couple of movie studios, uh, television company, Turner Broadcasting. Spent many years in New York doing um, PR, uh, agency PR for filmmakers, television producers, TV shows, and then went out to L.A., and worked at Turner Broadcasting for many years and then switched to movies and was at Fox Searchlight and Sony Pictures. And then in about 2002-ish, I moved back to the Boston area, which is where I'm from, and got back into advertising. So a couple of really great agencies in the Boston area, Arnold Worldwide, um, Hill Holiday, and Modernista, which is no longer here, but did some great work in the early 2000s for a lot of different brands. So I did that for about eight years at Hill Holiday. I ran uh, corporate communications for them. And then was just really looking to get into a new, exciting industry. It was one of those things where I I loved Hill Holiday and I had a great run in advertising, but wanted to really make the jump into something that made a difference and something that was growing. And cannabis was here in the form of Cureleaf. Um, So when I started doing research, I found out they were looking for someone to run communications. And um, I applied and the rest is history. And it was six long months ago. And so, yeah, you've been in the industry for six months and you're working, you know, the world's largest cannabis company. So what were your perceptions of the industry before you got started? Did you receive like any advice from your friends and families? You came for like traditional advertising. What was what were those conversations like and what were you really thinking when you uh, started the job? Well, I was really looking for a refreshing change and I wanted to do something that I frankly that I could believe in. And I believe in um, the potential of this plant and I believe the stories of people that it's helped. I also was very much in favor of uh, legalization because I just didn't believe that people should be going to jail for, you know, cannabis related activity. And when I started to tell people, they thought, oh, that's really great. It's the green rush. Oh, yeah, get in now. And everybody thought, you know, you're going to become a millionaire overnight kind of thing. But really, a lot of people were super intrigued and super excited. And then, of course, the next question is, well, are you going to get free product? So <laughs> Of course. There was, there was a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. A lot of education. But most people were, were really intrigued and, and supportive. You know, um, it's a very different industry than working in advertising with big blue chip clients like uh, financial services or insurance or consumer packaged goods. There's a lot of similarities, but the learning curve is huge. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard this in your business. They say cannabis time, right? If you've, I've been here six months, it feels like six years. So if you learn a lot really quickly. It's like drinking from the fire hose. For sure. And it brings us to the next point. So you have decades of experience in working with blue chip companies, mainstream brands and media. How are you applying those lessons uh, to push cannabis into the mainstream? You know, you, you've worked with so many of these big brands and now you're working with a very big cannabis brand. How is that translating and how are you actually putting that into action? 
Well, it's always about the stories, right? It's about the personal stories. And the agencies I work with, I have, you know, a section in our status report, which is called Proactive Creative Storytelling. So no matter what you're promoting or trying to change the narrative about, there are those personal stories, whether it's Bank of America, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, a television station, or a movie, right? There are the stories that you can tell to reach different audiences at different times. And it's very much the same with cannabis. You know, since I've been here, we've told stories about our patients, um, you know, some of whom are, are terminally ill or chronically ill, some of whom are veterans, some of whom suffer from anxiety or sleeplessness. And we tell stories about them. We tell stories about the bud tenders and the pharmacists who work in our dispensaries, how they really are compassionate and caring for people and how they're there to serve as a guide to help people through the process of understanding how cannabis could be a part of their life. We tell stories about people in our grow facilities. The manager who runs one of our Massachusetts greenhouses, I met him and in the first 10 minutes I said to him, you could write a white paper about managing people the way you're running this facility. And sure enough, six weeks later, he had a byline of Business Insider about what he learned about managing people by growing weed. It was a really funny byline. It was like what I learned about management by growing weed. So there's just, there's a lot of stories and a lot to share. And I think that's how you reach people. Um, and that's how you change a narrative. And in some cases, as with this product, you're changing a, a decades long or a hundred year long stigma. When people hear these stories, they hear like you go into a dispensary and it's, it's not a, a bunch of people who are out of it, who are quote unquote stoners. There's people from all walks of life, you know, every age, every potential demographic. There's just a, a whole variety of people who are enjoying this plant and using it for a variety of needs in their life. Right, and Cure Leaf, you know, uh, touches like so many um, consumers and, and patients. And I know one and one of the Cure Leaf missions is cannabis with confidence. So, what marketing or messaging strategies are you spearheading to communicate this to consumers? Is it really like, every patient or every consumer, or is there like a, a different mindset with that tagline? Well, that's really um, it's our company mission. Our vision really is to be the world's leading cannabis company by leading the world in, in consumer focus, education, and products backed by science. But our, our mission is to improve lives by providing clarity around cannabis and confidence around consumption. And what that means is just breaking it down and educating people and helping everybody, whether it's the can of curious, who is you know someone who's interested in trying the products for the first time, to the what we call the can of connoisseur, someone who is lots of experience with a variety of products, maybe has grown themselves, know what they want, know the different strains, know what they're looking for. We are, we are here to, to be the guide. And by providing confidence around consumption, we want people to know what they're getting. They want to feel good about what they're getting. They want to know that our products are tested. You know, they're always labeled correctly. So it's really providing each individual consumer, whatever background there is, whatever experience level there is with cannabis, with the confidence to feel good about trying products and knowing what they're getting and knowing that there's there's something different for everyone. One of the interesting things that we always say as part of the Cannabis with Confidence platform is that there is no one size fits all with cannabis, right? One strain or one particular product or one dose is going to affect one person very differently than the next person. And so it's really, really a personal decision. Like I say, it's highly personal, right? Because we love to use puns. Um, but it really is. It's, it's a very personal experience, and um, we're here to be the guide. 
Absolutely. And I know that you're tackling this debate within the industry, like, can big cannabis be good cannabis, right? So as you're trying, as you guys are growing to be, you know, this large company, a leading global cannabis firm, what's your take on this? And like, what corporate marketing initiatives are you guys putting in place so you can, you know, communicate that, you know, cannabis with confidence or touch, you know, every consumer as you guys are becoming a a larger and larger company? So can big cannabis be good cannabis? And how are you guys trying to achieve that messaging? Absolutely. We believe that big cannabis um, can be good cannabis and good cannabis can be good business, right? More more and more now than ever, there's a need for corporations and, and leaders and industries to step up and to, you know, provide, not necessarily be a role model, but to provide examples and to, to lead with their own resources. We definitely believe that there is plenty of room for competition and there's plenty of room for lots of different players. And a big company like CureLeaf has the size and the scale and the experience to really help pave the way for others moving forward. And we are lucky enough to have hired Khadija Triple, who is our VP of Corporate Social Responsibility, who's putting together some social equity programs, initiatives, and partnerships, which we're hoping to be able to finalize and announce by Q3 of this year. And we hope to be an active voice in that space very soon. Yeah, that's great. Khadija is such a resource um, and such a wonderful addition to your team. And, you know, you just mentioned so many companies in this space. How do you achieve brand recognition in the space that's becoming increasingly competitive and and saturated? By providing quality products and making sure that, um, you know, we're listening to our customers. I think that's more of a question for our marketing department than necessarily the you know corporate communications department. But um, CureLeaf is very proud of the brands. Right now we have our, obviously our CureLeaf, our house brand, which is more on the, the health and wellness side of uh, the consumer demographic. And then our Select brand, we, we closed on the Select acquisition earlier this year. And the Select brand is really very popular uh, West Coast lifestyle brand, which is a whole different look and feel. At the end of the day, CureLeaf is really a consumer products company, right? And we're going to be a house of great brands and great products and hopefully something for everyone. Yeah. And you brought a very good point, um, you know, just really about the communication. So how did these, I know we talked about this a little earlier that there, there are some, um, you know, tactics that you brought over from mainstream, you know, to Curaleaf now that it is like turning into more of a CPG. Like how did cannabis communication strategy differ though, when it comes to consumer versus um, the, the, political outreach, right? Like there's a lot that CureLeaf does. So how do you like frame a communications program when you're touching so many different parts of an industry, you know, be a consumer, be political, be a business? Well, one of the things that's really interesting that I learned very quickly with cannabis is that every state is different, right? Every state's laws are different. Every state's marketing regulations are different. Every state has different nuances when it comes to marketing and communicating about cannabis, whether it's adult use or just medical use, or it just became medical use, or it's about to also add adult use. So every message really has to be specifically targeted as far as what state you're in, if you're talking about a specific state. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that question? Yeah, yeah. So my question is, so cannabis like touches so many different parts of like the news cycle or with communications. You're, you know, you're communicating with the consumer, you're communicating with your employees, you're communicating like on the political side, right? Because like every state has different regulations. So do you feel like that cannabis communication strategies are different because it touches so many parts of the outreach? Or do you think that, you know, the same uh, disciplines that you've had like in other uh, roles just happen to roll over to cannabis? 
cannabis? Like, do you find that there's a difference? Or like, have you, are there any obstacles that, that you're facing because, you know, you're dealing with, with a plant that is not just a consumer product. It touches, you know, so many different parts of, uh, of like business, I would say. Right. So there's a lot of similarities um, in communication strategies with other consumer products or CPG or financial services, or say if you're at an ad agency, any, any number of different kind of clients you would have, right? You, you have your crisis communications, whether it's a customer who's, dissatisfied with some product they got. You have your employee communications. You got to keep everybody in the loop about what's going on, keep everyone excited, inspired about what's happening, whether it's new products or growth of the company. And then you have your brand communications, right? Your executives preparing them for speaking opportunities, our panels are in this day and age, a lot of Zoom panels. So there's a lot of similarities, but one thing that's very different is I've never worked with a product that's federally illegal. Right, right. That small part, right. There's all kinds of regulations, and you learn about them very quickly. Like I said, I've only been here six months, but I already know, you know, there are certain things that the FDA will flag that you can't make claims. Now, just because there's a lot of anecdotal evidence of patients reporting relief from certain symptoms that, you know, you're certainly not going to be able to make a claim that, that cannabis cures anything because there's no funding for federal studies, right? There's individual studies and in certain states, our license application goes hand in hand with um, medical research, right? Medical cannabis research, for example, in Pennsylvania. But there are no federal studies. So people, that's that's one of the anti-cannabis favorite arguments to fall back on. Well, there's no studies. That may be true, but, you know, as a communications professional, I say, but you cannot discount hundreds and hundreds of anecdotal evidence by patients. And some of them are, you know, parents of epileptic children. Some of them are veterans with PTSD or anxiety or chronic pain issues. Some of them are cancer patients. So you have to tell a very fine line between telling these stories but not running afoul of, of federal regulations. Nobody wants to do that because that will set us back. For sure. And and with those um, limitations we have, what demographics or what marketing themes or, I guess, communication themes have resonated most with the consumer since you've been with the company over the past six months? Have you seen a shift in the type of messaging or, like, what are you seeing as trending or that's really, like, resonating with consumers right now? I think um, what resonates with consumers, like I said earlier, is, is personal stories, right? The stories of the people behind the product, the stories of how the product came to be, the stories of people who have been helped by the product. That always resonates. I mean, certainly different products and different brands will resonate with different audiences. And that's that's one of the really cool things about cannabis. You can have different brands and different products. For example, we just launched the, the Nano Gummy, which is an edible with similar effects, similar onset and offset effects of, of vaping. Now, for a variety of reasons, some people might not want to smoke or might not want to vape. They might prefer the edibles, more discreet. It might be just a better choice for their lifestyle. I personally prefer edibles. And the Nano has a quicker onset than a traditional edible and a faster offset. So it's shorter and quicker acting. It's more the experience that you would get if you were to, to vape or to smoke. And some people have said, oh, I, you know, I, I don't like edibles. I had a bad experience once. Everybody always talks about the Maureen Dowd, you know, famous yes. experience. Well, that's just, that's what we say. It's, it's very personal, right? You don't start off by taking, you know, 20 milligrams. You, you start low and you go slow, right? You see what works for you, what's right for you. But I think ultimately, if you're a consumer products company, your products have to deliver. People have to find what they're looking for and be satisfied with not only your products, but the service. Um, service is a big part of it too. When you walk into a Curly dispensary, we want you to feel like a guest. Um, 
We've actually just redesigned a lot of our, some of our retail locations. There's a new retail dispensary in Massachusetts, one of our locations in Massachusetts, and it's, it's much warmer and more welcoming. You know, when Massachusetts started as a, a medical state, the feel was very much like, um, very clinical, right? Very like a pharmacy, which it had to be. Because this is medicine. People were coming to get their medicine. But now with it, the adult use dispensary, we're able to get a little bit more into the consumer experience where you can you can have a different experience walking in and, and feel comfortable and stay a little longer and talk to somebody about the kind of products you're looking for, the kind of experience you're looking for, some of the concerns you might have. I mean, certainly that exists in our medical facilities also. But if you think of a retail experience like a, like a Starbucks or an Apple store, I think cannabis will eventually go in that direction where the customer's experience is going to determine which brands dominate. For sure. And also, um, as you mentioned, you just started, but you've been building out a, a team um, in, in your tenure at CuraLeave. And there are a lot of uh, communication professionals who are listening to this podcast. What do you look for you know, when, when you're hiring somebody? And also, are there specific personality traits you think really uh, lend well to working in cannabis as it relates to uh, being on the communication side of things? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's a great field to enter. And it's, like I said, there's a big learning curve. Adrenaline junkies are welcome because it's really fast-paced and you never know what's going to happen day to day. You also can learn a lot about government relations and, you know, legislation and things of that nature. I really hadn't worked with a product before that um, I was very closely working with government relations to find out what, what was happening in each state, you know. So that that's, that's helpful if someone is interested in government relations and legislative policy. I would say that this industry really need people who are uh, self-starters and who don't need a lot of hand-holding, but who can jump right into the deep end, as they say. That said, you know, I, I, there's going to be days where you feel like you've got it completely under control and, and everything's great, and then there's, the next day there's going to be some sort of crisis or some new amazing development happening that you have to get a press release out the next morning quickly, or you have to put a fire out the next morning quickly. So I would say it, it really sh- it attracts people who like high energy, who are self-starters, who are independent and can really jump right in. But also the other thing to note is that you're going to be working with a, a huge variety of people, right? In communications and cannabis, you're going to have a relationship with bud tenders. You're going to have a relationship with people who work in your grow facilities. You're going to have to talk to the executives. You might have to talk to investors and shareholders. You, as a communications person, you're going to rely on IT. So you you touch every person in the company, every department, every function of the company. And that's what's exciting because you have access to everything. You're not sort of buried in one corner. You have your foot in the door of almost everything. So it can be overwhelming, but it's really exhilarating and fun. And you meet a lot of really interesting people. And there's tons of great stories. Everybody has a story of why they got into cannabis and why it inspires them and why it's important to them. And I just think that, you know, there's no limit for for people who are ambitious and curious and smart and um, and ready to work hard. That's great. And, and I find that to be very true. Um, when people, people who are ready to really jump into things and adapt uh, seem to do very well. But also aside from yeah, being, adaptability. yeah, adaptability is crucial since things change, you know, so often, you know, regulations change, you know, plans change. It's just one of those industries where you really got to be able to think on your feet. But aside from having a successful career in communications, you're also a published novelist, essayist, and satire blogger. So how has a second passion helped you throughout your career? <laughs> Did I give something away? 
widely unread, critically unacclaimed, but they did get published. <laughs> um, I think that a sense of humor is crucial in any industry, in any job, especially a high-pressure job like running corporate communications. And I think that um, writing satire, satire is all about details, right? It's all about noticing things and giving voice to things that you think nobody else will give voice to, but you, that you know everyone notices. And I find that to be really helpful in communications, and I find that transparency and honesty and a, a direct approach, uh, while it sometimes surprises people, I find that people generally appreciate that. They would much rather have a direct and honest conversation than dancing around something and pretending something isn't there. And that that has really been the root of my humor, is, is talking about things and giving voice to things that nobody talks about, but everybody thinks about. Right, and also I think it's sort of interesting to think about, like, uh, cannabis was used to be, like, taboo, and people didn't talk about it, right? Tacking right. head-on in the communications field, like, I have to imagine there's something to there, too, being able to really have those conversations, um, you know, with, with a new type of consumer or new type of media, really being able to, you know, take that approach. I, I have to imagine there are some parallels there. And uh, by the way, I do want to read some of it. <laughs> I've only heard about it, so you're gonna have, you have to send me the link. Because that's easier. It's like three minute reads. The, the blog is called Festival of Need, and I haven't written anything fresh in about six months since I started this show. But I have a lot of new material. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you do. Um, and in terms of material, I always like to um, wrap up these conversations. I, I, you know, I have kids. I have four, and I know you've got kids too. In the end of the week, we play a game. You know, rose and thorn. You know, what are the best and worst part of your week yeah. over the your, uh, you know past few months in cannabis what has been the rose and what has been the thorn i'll start with the thorn because i always like to end on a positive tell me about those moments so i I would say that the thorn is really just having to adapt to a completely a new not only a new job but a new role a new level and a new industry you know i think the thorn was my first realization that i i actually had to check my email at 11 o'clock at night because (laughs) there was something going out the next morning and the first couple of days i didn't do that and I, I quickly learned, like, oh, I, I have to check my email really late and really <laughs> early in the morning because I'm, I'm in charge of communications for a publicly traded company. <laughs> so that was, that was difficult because, you know, when you're, you're in a job for a long time, even if it's a, a great job and a rewarding job, when you've been there eight years, you kind of get a little bit on autopilot and you know what to expect and you get into a groove. Um, and then starting, if you haven't started a new job in a new industry with new people at a new level, it was a big transition. I'll just leave it at that. Um, it was exciting, so, but I was very tired the first, um, <laughs> the first few weeks, and I lost some weight, which was great. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, so that was that. And then the rose, the rose I would say is the amazing people that I get to meet and get to work with every day. You know, as our company has grown, we've we've added great new team members. I've hired new partners, as you know, and it's just it's amazing to me as a, as a working mom that. I have all these relationships in this sort of outside life. I love being a mom. I love being a wife and having family. But I have a whole other identity of all these really smart, interesting, funny, talented, ambitious people that uh, I get to talk to and learn from every day. And that's that's the best part. By the way, I have to tell you that when people ask me what the best part uh, about working cannabis is, I say the exact same thing. This like other life that we have, we're meeting all these people from all different types of life. Um, I do think like that is one of like yeah. the beauties of this industry because everybody's in this like new together and, and we're all growing it together. So um, I, right. I really love. I've only been doing it for two or three years. Yeah. I mean like 10 years, 15 years from now, like we will still have been like just 
just early people in this what's going to be a, a massive industry. So um, I, I love that, that that's a sentiment that, that you hold. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I loved hearing all about your story and your role. And hopefully you'll come back again one day soon. Thank you for having me. It's been great. 